Hello and welcome to Move on Iron Podcast number 17. I am joined today back by popular demand with Aaron Fennell uh, here at 21st Century Equipment and wanted to get back in touch with Aaron here. So it's been a couple months since we had our last conversation and and um, we had kind of some back and forth talk about the whole sell marketplace and what that looks like. And here we are kind of coming into that, that end of the year buying cycle and I wanted to get him back on to kind of go back over that stuff and look and see what the what the end of the year is going to start looking like from a, from a wholesale perspective and going into um, kind of full bore fall crop harvest here. So, Aaron, glad to have you back, man. Good to be here, dude. All right, man. Well, let's take a look at some stuff here. So, let's talk about the current market conditions we have right now going into harvest and starting harvest in a lot of places and, and kind of what that what's that looking like and, and what do you see happening out in the market right now? Well... <sighs> A few different things. I there's there's man that there is some demand there. It's not it's not a dead market, but it is. You know, when last time we were on, I was talking about how fickle it is, and wholesale is always fickle. But it's it's like crazy fickle right now. You can have one day where you got three guys, you know, looking for high end combines, willing to pony up you know, wholesale wise pony up. And then the next day it's just falling off the face of the earth. It is, it is so very day to day right now that it's hard to get a good pulse on it other than just, you know, cheapest wins. There's, there's a lot of things you can do even in wholesale game, which is pretty much hundred percent price point, but there's other things, creative things a guy can do to get around that. And a lot of times it works in here. Oh, the last, I'd say last month or so, it's just, it's, it's kind of, kind of ugly, you know, as, as we've seen here in the last week, Oh, last couple of weeks, probably combines on auction. I've, you know, talking to guys around the country and stuff that have gone to, to auctions and kind of run-of-the-mill combines, nothing real special about them, have done pretty darn well on farm auctions. But the online stuff's as ugly as ever. And, you know, tractors, tractors are starting to pick up a little bit, as, as it would this time of year anyway, and we are getting kind of, kind of tailed out of combines now with it being shit mid-September now, but there's always the, the last minute guys out there and the last minute guy is there. Those guys are always there and they are kind of their own buyer. Um, if you're getting a big panic last minute, they pay more if it's last minute. Cause they've been looking at every damn ad tracked, every auction, all that. It's kind of the shits to deal with them. But, the the wholesale world as a whole since we last talked has it, it's not dead there's some stuff moving um it's real 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 machine specific lately yep yep that's what i've noticed too it seems like the, there's no real consistent unit that guys are out looking for you know usually when you get a wholesale push there's that everyone's looking for a, the same machine it feels like you know it's a Right, a larger eight R, or a six eighty combine, or or ninety seven seventy, or whatever it is that, that seems to be the hot thing right now. It just seems like whatever people need to fill their hole with, 
that they have in their inventory, that, that's what they're out looking for, and that could be anything right now. It doesn't seem like there's any real one thing that's saying, yeah, we want this. Even when it comes to even four-wheel drives where there's a there's a big difference in, in, uh, in specs where, you know, the, the PTO was a big thing for a while. Guys are looking for that. Um, or, or a PTO in three-point, they were looking for that. Now it's just they're looking for a four-wheel drive, and it might be a PTO, it might be a bareback. No one really knows right now what they're gonna what they're what they're looking for because that that customer is coming to them kind of last minute, like you said, saying, "I need one of these," and they don't have one on their lot. Well, and you're going into fall tillage too, and those guys, they don't they don't need high flow. They don't, you know, if, if they're gonna just till with it and they're not gonna pull the grain cart, they don't care about PTO. They want cheap horses, but like everybody else, they want almost new, perfect condition, and free. So. Right. Yeah. That's that's the that's where the battle's at there. I had a couple wholesale fellows call the last well one called two days ago. He says, I need a tractor. So okay. You know, assuming eight three seventy, eight three forty five, maybe an eight three sixty. I said, What are you looking for? He says, I don't care, just a tractor. I'm like, Well what you know, do you want a nine six twenty R or a seven twenty high crop? You know, what what the hell? I, I don't care, I just need a tractor. I'm like you know that that's a prime example of. Right. I'm just gonna buy something to park it here. Yep. Yeah. There's there's a. You know there's there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace, which leads to a lot of of uncertainty and and where things are gonna go and and customers one day are are hot and ready to go and then you talk to them a couple of days later and they've almost forgot you even had a conversation about wanting to buy something. So it just depends on where you're at. So let's let's jump into. Uh, you, know, you touched on it earlier when we were talking about auctions, but it seems like when I look at the auctions right now, there's a lot of stuff out there. You look at these auctions, whether it's a, a Big Iron or a Richie or a Purple Wave or, or Soul, any of those guys out there that have stuff, the stuff they have on there is there's a lot of equipment, and it's not it's not late model stuff, it's not old stuff, and it's you know stuff in the middle. You know, it's There's no real consistency to what you're seeing out there. How do you think that the auction market right now is, is playing into the overall uh, consistency and uh, consistent buying habits of the marketplace. I mean, how's that driving guys to, to look at look at what they're going to do with the market? Well, I think right now there is zero percent consistency, buying consistency in the market. I, as far as anything trending right now, one way or the other, whether it be habits, um, pricing, machines, the iron. There's, it's, it's a crapshoot right now. I honestly think that, um, as far as the iron out there that that's on auctions, I'm really surprised that there's not more late model stuff out there. I've seen, you know, I get email after email after email every day of sale bills and this and that and from several, you know, the 20 biggest auction farm auction people around and it's there's a lot of you know 20 year old stuff getting out there and obviously if they're having a farm sale this time of year it was they just waited you know to have a pre-harvest auction they already threw in the towel or it's a you know a state situation but i'm more surprised that there is the amount of 20-year-old stuff going on right now versus 
one to five year old. I thought there'd be a lot more of that, yeah. and I and I think there will be. You know, fault. You know, keep keeping pace with what's going on on the on the internet, Twitter and Facebook and all that. <laughs> there's 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 going to be a lot of throwing in the towel, but everybody's kind of patching together, and I think that's where you that's where you're in the ballpark of. You know, you got this twenty year old stuff and those guys you know, they they not necessarily an older guy. They just they've had enough. They threw in the towel this spring, rented the ground out ground out. And it might have been last minute. I know there was a lot of that from the flip side of that, guys, you know, it's March, it's April, and shit, I can go rent some more ground. Let's do her. If you had two nickels to rub together. Right. You know, so, and I think those guys probably thought, well, I'm not going to have an auction now. I'll do it in August. Right. Do it in September. Yeah. So. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what gets consigned here in the next, you know, 30 days. Try to hit that, that December time frame where guys, you know, try to do that whole tax buying thing. And, um, I still, I still say this, if you're, if you have a, a farm sale, I think this is the year to do it. Um, if you have late model stuff. Um, I think you're going to have a pretty good chance of really get, keeping your money together and really getting top dollar for your machine if, if you're looking to doing something like that. Because there's, there's uh, one, there's no competition really to be to be had when you start looking at 16, 17 model year stuff. And, you know, if you want to go down that route and you want to cash your chips in and, you know, let's face it, a lot of guys rode this way for five years longer than they planned because it was so good, you know, and, and now they're kind of sitting back going, I'm old enough now. No one's coming back. I'm going to go ahead and punch my ticket and take my chips and go go back to the house. And I think that's what we're seeing. And we'll see more of that come through, um, I think, November, December, January time frame. I think you'll start seeing a lot more of that. So um, I think it's going to play having a pretty big effect in the marketplace because the auction value will, will continue to drive retail behavior. And we're going to see that. Um, and how that affects um, the overall buying habits of guys. I've looked at more equipment here in the last probably three weeks since I've been out here um, than I have in quite a while. And, and I think it's just because guys have kind of hit that point with a lot of their equipment that I've been looking at. It's that three and four year old stuff. There's not, I haven't really looked at that much one year old stuff except for the, you know, your traditional role guy, you know, but I mean the, the bulk of the stuff that I've looked at, it's all been, you know, three, four year old stuff. Um, a lot of 14s, a lot of 15s, um, a lot of your stuff. And I think that's kind of the point now where guys have hit that hour point where they're saying, I'm at the point now i got to make a payment and a, and a, recon, a large reconditioning bill, and I'm going to look at um, doing something with my machine. And I think right now is the best time to do it. New model year of a lot of, a lot of equipment. There's a lot of new models out there uh, across the board, whether it's Case, John, Deere, new, whoever it might be. But um, – so I think this year you're seeing a lot of guys that have just kind of went back to their <clears throat> traditional um, trade cycles, and they're they're looking to do something different with the machine. Is that traditional roll guy a dinner roll or cinnamon roll? Unless <laughs> <laughs> you got butter or not. <clears throat> but yeah, there's there's there is a there's a lot of that equipment out there, and obviously there's going to be. You know, 16 was no no better year in new sales, and 17 was worse. So, good time to come out with a brand new series of combine, by the way. Well, mother dear. But uh, if you need the wires and switches, there you have it. Um, 
And I, I think, you know, I just said there's no trends, but obviously if from the retail standpoint, having my finger on the pulse of that as well, there is, <clears throat> you know, and I don't remember if I said this the last time or not, that the biggest pain in the ass going on in the equipment business right now is the jockeys are down in the mouth, the dealers down in the mouth. And if you can talk to a farmer and just, you know, just talking to him, not necessarily trying to get him to buy a $300,000 damn tractor, but just talking to him, they're not all gloom and doom, you know, they're, they're just not. And a lot of it is, you know, it's not like there's been an absolute avalanche of auctions like a guy might think right. you know when you lose in theory when you go from seven dollar corn to three dollar corn in about a week's time it felt like you would think that it would just be you know there's five guys farming in the u.s and they're enormous yeah. um for it it being as drastic as it was and you know it did take a couple of years but it still seemed just quick you know it wasn't it wasn't a a dollar a year type deal i mean it just fell off the face of the earth yeah. and the the guys they they could be really gloom and doom but that what I, and what i was saying about there wasn't an avalanche of auctions because you know that farmers react fast. They do. And, you know, they can see it coming. They tighten the belt. The ones that are still out here tighten the belt. The ones that didn't, they already had their auction and they're running the door at Walmart. But the, uh, the guys that are out there, they tighten the belt. They knew what it was going to take to change. They're actively farming. They're not done buying equipment forever, you know, they're not going to be out there running a 10 year old 690 that they bought new, but we still got it because we're not going to, we can't afford to update. They're, they're good managers, you know, and every year that it weeds out, there's more and more good managers. And those guys, because of that management set, they know I'm going to buy X amount every year. You know, whether that's a new crumbler behind the desk or trade both combines, right. you know. So, and I think that's why why there's less gloom and doom with them guys than everybody else is because they're kind of keeping the status quo and life is what it is, you know. And just as I'm sitting here bitching about price, price of corn and sales and all that, you know, they're doing the status quo and the rest of us are sitting here all down in the mouth, gloom and doom. And it's, it's just funny to me that stuff is still moving and the guys who should be the crabbiest are the guys who are the least crabbiest. Right. Well, you can always tell those guys too. I mean, you see the guys who have a plan and they stick to that plan and they roll with that plan. Um, some guys stick a plan or create a plan and then try to stick to it and just their, their, their past decisions that they've made have, have, are, are affecting the way that they're trying to plan stuff moving forward. You know, so I think there's going to be some stuff there. I will say the one thing about that I do like about this year is is the fact that they did roll out a new combine this year. 
and that combine does give give guys a lot of options for efficiencies. Um, but the base combine really did you didn't see some astronomical jump in price. You know what I mean? As far as the as as when you look when you go spec for spec comparables from this year to last year, there's well, a, there's some good stuff. How much does the roll wire cost? Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot of wire in the that's for sure. But but there's a there's going to be a lot of I think there's going to be some good stuff that come out of, of what we see right now. So I don't know. You kind of look out it, towards. It is surprising for, and I will never stop talking shit about it because I'm I'm old school and I. My my and my biggest bitch with that is we come out with a brand new combine. No, you changed the stickers on the old combine and added some wires. You didn't change the combine. You changed the brains of it. And granted, there's some big damn changes. Okay, it is one efficient thing. Yeah, it's 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 really cool the stuff it'll do. But and and that's my bitch is you know if you're gonna change the combine, change the combine. Now. You could puff out your chest all green and yellow and say, we got nothing to change. It's perfect. It's the combine. There's this thing there, but I think the thing about that combine that, that is going to be, that guys are, that are, are, are going to be able to do that they haven't been able to do in the past is that when you're running multiple combines and owner is running this combine A and then you've got your hired hands running combines B and C, with the stuff that it can do, it, you, you're going to have – you don't have to really worry as much about the guy that's in the cab and making sure that he's adjusting the combine the way it needs to be adjusted and doing those different things that are there. You know, you don't – those things are all going to be kind of be done for it, and the technology that's in it is also going to give you a lot more efficiencies that you may not have had before. They were there before, but they were harder to get. You see what I'm saying there? I mean, those efficiencies were there, but they're more automated now to where the machine's going to make the adjustment on the fly instead of you having to stop, adjust something, jump back in, adjust something, jump back in, adjust something. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of that stuff is going to be done manually, you know, via the the, the intelligence that the, that the combine has. Right. And I, and I get that. And th- that is the number one thing affecting farms is smart labor, yeah. you know. Can I hire someone that knows what the hell they're doing? Right. And the answer to that question 90% of the time is no. I can hire someone and cross my fingers every damn day. But they don't wreck something. Right. And, I mean, that's it. I could put my my 12-year-old son, he, he'd probably go pick corn all day long, you know, until he falls asleep. But that's – and that's just it. You can, you can throw – it, it is so efficient and smart. That's that's the buzzword, smart. It is a very smart combine. And that being the case, you don't need as smart of an operator. Right. You know. And I think that's where I mean that's what we're going into. I mean, one word you hear you hear it in the news all the time that <clears throat> on farm labor is getting to be a harder and harder thing to come by. And as small town America continues to shrink and dry up and there is just by sheer attrition less people to draw from to come to the farm and do that. So as you have these, you know, well, transients the right word or not, but transient style of folks coming in to, to work on the farm, you know what I mean? That's what you have. You guys guys going from from, you know, 
South Africans are a great example of that. They go back to South Africa in the winter, and, and when we have our winter, they're having their summer. They're, they're harvesting crops, and they come back to the U.S. in their winter and our summer, and they're, and they're harvesting crops. I mean, so that's the kind of folks you have, that you're going to have coming through doing these kind of things, and, and you may not draw the same guy every time. And in the same way, this, the, the local help. So that's why I think that these, as these machines become more and more intelligent, like the combine, tractors the same way. I mean, the tractor stuff that you're doing with the, with, with all the technology and stuff on the new tractor. I mean, it's, it's getting to the point where we're, we're, we're already there. We just haven't flipped the switch yet to where you're going to have a drone machine out there doing all the work for you. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that to, to a point. That makes me chuckle, though, the, the trip. Transient help. I'm sure like, I'm like picturing, I'm like picturing the hobo yeah, with a, with a, a stick in the kerchief. Yeah, like, you know, he's got, he's, uh, got a, he's got a banana and a and a jelly sandwich <laughs> back there, walking down the road kicking rocks. Well, I suppose I'm gonna take my toeless shoes and go pick corn for the day. <laughs> so here's your bologna sandwich. Yeah, there's gonna be uh, so the future <laughs> transient worker. That's what it is, man. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. That's what it is. Um. Yeah, if what I missed my point before, I got to back up on. That. Okay. Since I'm notorious for my box of wires and switches comment, right? It is shocking, given the name on the side of the combine, uh, the color it's painted, that the increase was as small as it was. Even though it's wires and switches and fairy dust and yeah. unicorn horns, it's shocking that it was as small of an increase as it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, I. I but I, I on was, the other hand, have they even come out with a. They've never had a gigantic increase, okay? They never have, even when they completely changed the real parts of a combine. There's never been a gig, you know, it's never been like, oh, they're 40% higher. And they damn sure ain't going to do that $3 corn. Oh, no. You know? So I'm, I am impressed with that part of it. But their no focus question. on this, the focus on this was the technology in it. I know. You know, I mean, so that's where that's where the price increase is is at. I mean, it's just the the extra efficiencies that you're going to do, and and the the the, uh, the technology you're going to put in there is is that's that's where the the cost of the combine comes in, and us as sales guys have to be able to translate that to the customer by saying, hey, this is what you're going to be able to do with this combine, and be able to tell that value story that comes in there, and that's that's where. That's where the cost of the combines come. That's around. the buzzword. Yeah, value. That's well. Value. You have to show the value. This combine will tele- telepathically change between corn and beans. Like you could, you could, you could just plant. You got multi hybrid planters. You could be going through the field and plant twelve rows of corn, shut it off, twelve rows of bean. Not pass to pass like going yeah. through the field. Yeah. Run like a camper head. Right on. Done deal. Yeah, so you can also cut forge with the same combine too. If you understand. <laughs> so, anyway, there, there's just some there's some good stuff there, and I I really think that the uh, that's that's a big differentiator for us as deer guys as we look at the used equipment marketplace moving forward into into eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. So. Um, it goes back to the old the old thought of you and you've said it a lot on your podcasts about the planners. All buzzed up about planners. You have you have something to talk about. You have a reason to go out there and stop and you know, yeah, it's the same rotor, yeah, it's the same whatever, but 
which it wasn't a rotor for years, but then in 06 they threw in the towel on that deal. But they, you have some, you have something to talk about. You have yeah. a topic to address. Yep. And in, in today's environment, <clears throat> you have to have that. Right. Whether you're going to differentiation. Talk about, <clears throat> yeah. Whether you're going to go out and talk about financing options, leasing options, um, machine specs, whatever it is that you're going to go out and talk about. You have to show up with risk management, some way that you're going to increase cash flow, and some way that you're going to to do something to their balance sheet positively, right? And if you you can make the argument that efficiency is going to increase your your overall um, profitability, decrease your costs, and you know you're going to put more grain in the bin and all that good stuff. And, and in today's marketplace, the more grain that you can put in the bin, the better off you are. So now <clears throat> let's move forward and talk about how you see the end of the year shaking up. I mean, I'm looking at the current commodity prices today, and it looks like uh, beans have done fairly well today. It looks like they're up almost, uh, well, they're up 10. So you know, they're doing they're doing better than what they've done in the past. Finally, good to see corn actually not be going down and actually at least being even for a little bit. Um, how do you think the end of the year is going to shake out and, and what you see? I see that the end of the year is going to be, um, I think we're going to be as good or if not better than we were last year based on what I'm seeing as far as evaluations go and what I see as far as guys wanting to look at equipment and stuff that we're quoting. You know, so if, the, you know, half of that stuff gets closed, we should be doing okay. I would, yeah. <clears throat> From a wholesale standpoint, I think it will be – I don't think it will be as good as last year for year-end. Um, and I – the reason I say that is just because the the two years, 16 and 17, have been so different from a wholesale standpoint. And I think part of that is I – you know, I, I say this all the time, but it's – Alert for messages. You think you really have a knockout deal, and you can hear from 20 jockeys and 15 dealers how great of a price that is, but can't use it, you know. And that's, and the biggest reason for that is either a they don't have the money, they got, or more than likely they got too much of their own stuff. Yeah. You know, and with that being the case, from wholesale, which is you know, completely different. That being the case, I think I think everybody's fairly well logged up enough that that it will be slower, less less sales from say here to the end of the year. Um, wholesale wise, yeah, wholesale wise, wholesale wise. I think I think retail and you know from a retail standpoint, it's going to depend on the pocket you're in. Um, but whole, wholesale wise, I think it'll be down and plus whole, wholesale, once you get to the end of the year is when it gets really ugly and bloody competition wise, because as we were talking about before, you have all your year end auctions and unless the farmers are at that auction, driving that price up, the wholesale buyer is buying there and you're out. Yeah, and I think that there's probably a uh, 
I'm a little bit different than you when I look at the wholesale side of the stuff. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm bullish when I look at the wholesale side of the marketplace is that because of the as hard as it's been for guys to trade for equipment with customers that of that key stuff, if, if that stuff's laying out there, I think there's going to be some guys that, that come and buy that kind of stuff to fill that, fill that need in their, in their, uh, in their equipment space. Um, well, know. yeah, it depends on what the hell it is. You know, yeah. if you're talking 15, 16, 17 aged iron, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, but I still think that there's there's going to be some play, man, on those on those older older eight R's. Older eight R's, yeah. Twelve and thirteen combines are gonna. Yeah, I mean, I, load them on a barge and sink it in the ocean, man. Well, we're still waiting for that. We got that contract to the Navy on the Silverfield <laughs> Angry thing. I'm really close to closing that deal. <clears throat> but there had a but there's 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 plenty of, of stuff there where I think that if you look at the marketplace. That there's going to be some action wholesale wise because guys need to fill that. They're going to have voids they need to fill by the end of the year. They're going to have customers show up and want to buy stuff that they don't have. And I think every dealership across America, I don't care how, how much inventory you have, you don't have everything that you need to have for your customer base. So I think it's going to be some trading of equipment <clears throat> for you. <clears throat> scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of scenario. I think I was it's just going to say, keep in mind, Aaron Fennell is here to help. That's right. Yeah, we are uh, we we are here to help you in any way, shape, form that we can. So, um, but with all that being said, I think there's going to be um, uh, there's going to be some retail activity that is driven by the wholesale side of the business. You mean that the other way around? No, I don't mean that the other way around. Because of wholesaling equipment, there's going to be guys that are out there looking for that stuff. They're going to fill their fill their inventory up, and it's going to make sure that they have what they need when it comes to taking care of the customer. They're only going to get that from the wholesale side because there's not going to be enough guys that come to the table that want to trade for stuff. Whereas I think, because you're still saying the wholesale is going to drive retail. I'm saying the retail is going to drive wholesale because you're not going to wholesale anything unless you got that retail home for it. More often than not. Right. Well, still, though, but you're not going to trade just, just to pass the time. Make sure JD Quote still works. Right. I, understand. <laughs> I get that. There are guys right now that are looking at their inventory saying that they have a, a giant glut of whatever it might be. And they want to get rid of that glut of whatever it might be down to a manageable level and bring something else in that they don't have to drive that retail marketplace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're both right. Maybe me just a little bit more. Probably me. Probably, I'm probably me. significantly more right than you are. I doubt it. Shocker, folks. Okay. <laughs> All right. First time for everything. <laughs> All right. So, looked at the end of the year. We've looked at auctions. We've looked at the current market conditions. We've talked about all that stuff. How do you see the first year starting out? Oh, man. Well, I honestly think there will not. Let me think. It's 17. I want to say 15 year in was, if I recall right, was kind of batshit crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was hot and popping. Beginning of 16 rolled around, boom, Quiet. dead, completely nothing. Yep. Um, dramatic drop off. Yep. 
the end of 16 to beginning of 17 was way more even than that. But okay, so we kind of got ironed out that <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of different stuff that that uh, are going to happen here towards the end of the year in the first year. And like you said in the past, you know, I think there's going to be <clears throat> definitely be some some uh, kind of wait and see what happens. That bean money carryover uh, that that happened at the end of uh, uh, was that 15 going to 16, right? I think so. And that that's when all that was that kind of transpired. This year, I think the first year is going to be in a pretty good spot because when you take a look at the southern part of the United States, you had two giant hurricanes go through there. You got a third one knocking on the door. So there could be quite a bit of a need for used equipment down there to, to fill that to fill that gap. Yeah, I would agree. And nobody nobody in the Gulf states is a very big fan of the scorpions right now either. <laughs> wow. Um the uh, I I would agree with that. You know, it's obviously it's going to have an impact on the business. How much? Who's to say? I I know some people think it'll have a really big impact. I think it'll have some, but it's not. You know, it's not like oh they had a hurricane, so all of a sudden the equipment's worth so much more, and you're going to move so much more. That's just not not how it's going to work, but it, it will have it, it will have an impact on it. I think it's going to be like after Katrina, when you had that, how <clears throat> that thing go down is it was, there was a two or three year carryover after that happened. You take a look when Katrina hit going in through 2007, eight, nine, there's a lot of equipment that went south. There was also a very, <clears throat> very different culture at the time. Yeah. We were on a, we were, Really climbing a mountain, climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. Now we're on big downhill slide. Yeah, <clears throat> I think there's a that's true, very true. But at the same time, at the same time, guy still got a farm, right? And if he I, lost, he didn't have any equipment to farm with. What's he gonna need to do? Take that insurance check, bro. Get some, get some tractors. He's, he's gonna buy some. He's gonna buy some 2012 680s. Yeah. <laughs> Call the navy. Stop the ship. <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be a... But, uh, yeah, oh, I, and I said I think it'll have an impact. I just don't think it'll have a huge impact. Well, I don't think it's going to be anything like the next... We're going to see something happen like the next three months that's going to change, alter the whole tire used equipment marketplace. But at the same time, it will have an effect over the next couple of years to what, to what happens down through the Gulf states yeah. in the southern part of the, of the United States. Well, man, I think we've kind of covered the gamut here today. And, and once again, you know, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. So I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. I'd like to thank Aaron Fennell, 21st Century Equipment, for being on this episode. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. If you want to support the podcast, go to either one of those podcasting places and, and leave a review and, and let, let people think about uh, know what you think of it. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. <laughs>